0: Hello, my name is Andy from the Trips podcast. Just a quick disclaimer before we begin. This podcast episode was recorded on Thursday, but the actual use of the passing happened not long into the start of the episode. I hope you enjoy anyway in what's been a tough week for a lot of Brits who were very close to the Queen and a lot of the general public in total. So sending our best condolences to the whole of the Royal Family and the whole of the nation. Uh, but yeah, I hope you enjoy.
1: Hola, oyentes, also known as hello listeners, and welcome to the first episode of our brand new podcast, certainly called the European One. Part, obviously, of the Euro Trips network, and we'll be here every week in which there is European football. And of course, the main focus of this podcast is the three UEFA club competitions. Of course, the UEFA Champions League, the Europa League, and the Europa Conference League, which all have kicked off this week with match day one. Now we're currently recording at just gone half seven on the Thursday, which means some games have already been played in the Europa League, and some are yet to kick off as well. Um, we'll run through those a little bit later on towards the end. Um, but we'll keep you updated as we go along anyway. um but before we jump in and laugh at Andy's expense, I've obviously I've just given away one of our well, our only guests actually for this week um. That is our usual host of the other podcast, Liverpool fan Andy. Hello, how are you? Hello, I'm well. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm not bad. Um, better than I was last night. Oh, let's put it that way. Um, I've sort of had a, had a day to digest it all. And it yeah, it's not really helped, but um, it's still, it's just, yeah, thank you. It's just, you know, just one game. So I hope that's just a blip.
1: Yeah. Um, As an Arsenal fan, obviously, we haven't had to deal with that for a couple of years, but we are very much used to heavy defeats in the Champions League. So, can't really say too much. But, starting with Europe's Elite Club competition on Tuesday, my word, Chelsea were bad. In a game that proved to be Thomas Tuchel's last as the Blues' boss, they were beaten 1-0 away in Zagreb by Dinamo Zagreb whilst in the earlier kick-off uh, Borussia Dortmund put three past Copenhagen to start off their campaign perfectly but Chelsea, that'll be our first call for today's podcast and obviously I'll get Andy's thoughts on the, the game itself and how poor Chelsea were and obviously highlighting a few particular players who were very below average on the game and I don't believe that this was actually Thomas Tuchel's sort of final sort of nad in the coffin. I think it was actually decided before the game that he was going to be relieved of his duties by Chelsea. Um, We don't really know why as of yet, in particular, obviously, there's a few reports and rumours floating around. But I just want to get your thoughts, Andy, on Chelsea's performance and how it could bode for the rest of their Champions League group stage. I
0: think what Chelsea proved, unlike a lot of clubs who sack managers quite regularly, I think Chelsea have always proved in their history um, since they got taken by Abramovich that they often do better when they sack managers. Like you said, it was, you know, Sklari got sacked, Hiddick came in, I think he won the FA Cup. You know, you saw it with, obviously, Di Matteo was the, was the example of that. You know, it's... Um, you know, he won the Champions League after they sacked Fias Boas. We've seen two short takeover from Lampard, and he won the Champions League in his first year. I think Chelsea would never really be a team to being phased by a manager being sacked. They seem to almost be buoyed by it, but it always seems to go wrong in the end. I mean, well, I saw, obviously, I was actually busy at the time when the game was on, but I saw it result, and I assumed their team wasn't, wasn't that good. But the team they had was really good. Looking at it now again, they had, obviously, they had Keper in goal, not Mendy, albeit his form's not been great. They had Aspen Equator, Reese James, Fafana, Kula Bali, Kovacic, Mount Chilwell, Havertz, Pierre, Amit Bamiang, and Sterling. So that's pretty much 90% their first team anyway, or their strongest team. And they still, you know, I know the stats tell you that they had twice as many passes and they had... They were double the amount of shots, but only the same on target um and I think that's the key thing actually um they, they had fifteen shots on top tar- fifteen shots in total compared to Dinamo's six, but they both shared three on target, and Chelsea had three more shots off target, so shows to us that obviously Dynamo took their chance they took it and most of the goal they scored was was really poorly to sort of on the counter attack and they sort of allowed it from being sort of almost in Zagreb's own box then going all the way to the other end in a matter of seconds, I think it wasn't good from them. And I think it's just been, I think last season we saw signs of sort of unrest in the Chelsea team. We saw randomly bad results, especially in the second half of the season, when I think when the first half, at least the first until November, they were seen as a title challenger along with, um, you know, City and Liverpool. And I think the, the wheels did fall off a bit as well in that season. they still managed to, recover and have still a semi-respectable season in the end and then this season of course they got got that 1-0 win against Everton and it's never really been I thought they were really good actually against Spurs but they didn't get that win and I think I think personally it's not nothing down to Tuchel's results I think it's just down to Todd Bolley wanted to flex his muscles and you know actually get a guy he wanted because he didn't actually appoint you know didn't appoint Tuchel when he came in and I think maybe he wanted to get his own guy and I think you see a lot of owners do that. You saw Venkis do it with Big Sam. You saw, um, obviously, albeit they were bad results, but you saw, obviously, our owners get rid of Hodgson when they came in. So I think that's a theme with new owners. They do like to get rid of managers quickly, but I think, yeah, I think Chelsea's just been wasteful and I think um, it's got to be worried for Aubameyang now because he's come in and, you know, he's come in and come into a team that's second manager within a week of him being there. Well,
1: this is it. For for Bamiyan especially, you're talking about someone who is 33, I think, approaching 34. He's not been in his greatest year or so. Obviously, he was very poor towards the end of his stay with Arsenal. He didn't really do much with Barcelona either in his six months there. And obviously, he was one of the highlighted players who were very poor in that game. Obviously, I think Kula Bali... Uh, I think he was at fault for for the goal that also scored, and I don't. I think every player played badly on the night, but um, yeah. I'd, if I was Albamyang, I would be especially worried. But again, we it, it depends how obviously Potter will set the team up and what kind of formation he's going to use and whatnot. So he may very well play a bit more often than we think. But in my opinion, uh, I, I think. Aubameyang could be in for a bit of a season on the sort of sidelines, really. But we'll see, obviously, what happens. But, obviously, we mentioned Dortmund. They they were comfortable winning 3-0 against Copenhagen in Germany. Uh, elsewhere, and obviously, Chelsea's group, Milan, they only managed a 1-1 draw away to Salzburg, whilst their fellow Italians, Juventus, were beaten away in Paris by PSG with two lovely goals from Kylian Mbappe, Mbappe. Uh, brilliant play between him and Neymar for one of his goals. And then great play on the other side from Hakimi for his other one as well. And he's just, his PSG team at the moment are clicking really, really well together. Um, Galtier seems to be getting the very best out of all the players on the pitch and their squad depth is just sensational. The players that they've brought in, you know, over the summer, they've, they could probably field three midfields and all three of those be absolutely elite. So, I'd be worried for the other teams. Obviously, it brings me on to the, my next segment and that is about PSG and whether this could very well be the campaign that they finally lift that elusive Champions League. Um, In my opinion, I think it will be. I I have tipped them to win the Champions League in the in our usual podcast. I just think with with Gautier having his team set up so well at the moment and with the form of Mbappe and Neymar as well. Neymar has been Absolutely brilliant so far this season. I know Andy won't like to hear that. He's not a a big Neymar fan, but uh, even Messi showing a lot better form than he did last season. I don't know. I just can't see many teams beating this PSG team. And even if they do, I just think PSG have got too much firepower now up front and they'll just simply outscore teams and they could be in for some very exciting games. But where do you stand on that, Andy? And do you think they can win it this season?
0: Um, my money's still on Man City. I think now they've got Haaland and the start he's made, he's shown instantly that he fits the system. I think any worries of that have gone. So I think the fact they've got Haaland now has always got actually a really good record of goals in Europe. I think that would be the key for it. I think they'll go on and win it. I think PSG, I think definitely is interesting with, you know, with Christoph Garty there now because he's had a good start and obviously he seems to have already got the best out of Messi more than Poch did last season. And I think... Maybe that's what Messi needed, and I think he's yeah, he's been excellent so far this year, what I've seen of him in in league and then obviously in the Champions League. Um, Neymar, yeah, he will be looking good now, but ask him in a big game, in a big semi-final, final, he probably won't do it. So I, I think there'll still be a team that will go far. I think teams like, you know, I think Spurs could be a dark horse in that tournament with Conte there. I think if Bayern a team that always you can always count on, especially you think Nagelsmann now, seems to, have, um, you know, I think he seems to have a better team already. I think marnie has been a massive addition for them in you know, the lit as well and I think they're about this season by and they could easily do better and I think with a, a year in the Nagelsman he's had a year to adapt and I think that's going to help him as well. And I think obviously Madrid, I think they're a team that you can always count on to be there. Especially with Ancelotti in charge, they'll be a team that once again will go far and even someone like Barcelona, I think they've even though they've had all these money issues, they bought well. And I think Lewandowski, him being there, is going to make a massive difference as well and add something to them. So I think there's so many good teams. I know we lost 4-1, but I think even as we'll be a team that will be competing. you would hope by the time we get, once more players are back and firing. So it's so hard these days, the money they spend, it's so hard just to instantly go on and win it. But I think, you know, Chelsea eventually want to add the money they spent. I think City will eventually do the same thing. I think you know, I think PSG will one day do it. I just don't know whether this season will be it.
1: Yeah, that's it. I mean, the thing the, the thing to me is just is it's just depth, and because of the league that they play playing, obviously Manchester City being in the Premier League as well as Liverpool means that they have to strengthen and they have to obviously field their very best team every single week, and there's no chance really for an opportunity to almost rest players. And although City have a much better squad depth than, than Liverpool do at the moment, when you look at who PSG were able to bring in over the window, you know, Vitinha, Fabian Ruiz, Carlos Soler, Leonardo Sanchez, you've got four elite midfielders just there. and Obviously, they made Nuno Mendes' loan move permanent. And Nordi McKayley from Leipzig, Hugo McAtee from Stadlinz. You know, these are, these are some very, very good signings, And for me... I just think that these players can almost play in Ligue 1 and still win games there and they can almost save the likes of Neymar and Mbappe and Messi for the Champions League games, which will obviously keep them more fresh. And I just, yeah, I can't can't look past them at the moment, although I think it is a straight shot between those and Manchester City uh, simply because of Erling Haaland. But um, moving on to the other games on the Tuesday, we, obviously we saw a brave Celtic performance, ultimately overpowered by the mighty Real Madrid. Obviously, Karilin Benzema went off injured during the first half, but in the second half, Real Madrid, they moved it up a gear and they cruised to a 3 0 win in the end, but Celtic, did, they did play well and uh, obviously, it was a great atmosphere before the game, as there always is at Celtic Park. Uh, Shakhtar, they smashed Leipzig 4-1, which was the last draw for the Germans as they then fired Dominico Tedesco. It looks like they're going to... Uh, they might have already done it, but I think that they brought in Marco Rose um, as their next manager. So that'll be interesting to see how he gets on. Uh, Sevilla's poor start to the season continued. So Erling Haaland's man City put four past the Spaniards. And uh, finally, Benfica got all three points at home to Maccabi Haifa. But speaking of Haaland, obviously, a question for us both here: In how many goals does he score this Champions League campaign in particular? And does he win the Champions League Golden Boot?
0: I think for me he does. I think that I think he's almost like an old-fashioned striker in terms of he's a mixture of he sort doesn't. His movement, obviously, his movement's great, but he doesn't sort of do what the modern day striker does. You know, like what you see Firmino do, and what you see other, like what you see Kane do these days. You know, he will be a player that's going to track back and uh, go back deep and sort of help out. He's going to, but he stays in the box and he's absolutely clinical. So I think he's going to score. I think if if City, obviously, I picked him to go all the way and win it. I think if he stays fit and his his form carries on all year, I think. I can't think what the record is now for the you know for the most goals in the season, but I think he could easily break records in that sense. He's I think he could, you know, easily be the most goals for a newcomer in the Premier League. And I think he could easily break that Champions League goal record for a single season.
1: I've got it in front of me actually. The current record for one particular campaign is Cristiano Ronaldo, who mm-hmm. scored 17 times in the 2013-14. Campaign, so that I think will be very hard to beat. Seventeen games—that's or seventeen goals rather—that's a lot. And even if, if my maths are right, even if City do get to the final, that's what six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve—that's thirteen games. Obviously, one's already gone, so twelve games. He's got to obviously score in it, all of them. And obviously, if they get to the final. So, I don't think he'll break that record. But he will. I think he will definitely become the UCL Golden Boot holder this season. Um, right, now on to Wednesday.
0: I'm going to say, actually, before we do carry on with this, I, actually, I found out just then, can you name me, Ryan, the two players who had the most assists in the Champions League season? Because one will, one will surprise you. One maybe will, but one definitely will surprise you. The two players have achieved nine assists in a Champions League season. Oh. It helps. The one of them did it in both 99, 2000 and 2001 seasons, both nine in both seasons. And the other player did it in
1: 2017-18. Oh.
0: Because one actually really surprised that this player had this many assists in that season.
1: I'm I'm drawing a blank with both. I mean, those the early seasons. uh I think didn't, didn't United win it in ninety nine? So, mm. um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say gigs for the first one, and then the second one who won it in twenty seventeen? I mean, I'll tell
0: you, our gigs is wrong. Um, this player's not British.
1: I'll let, I'll let you tell me because I'm never going to
0: guess them. Right. So the two players, one, Lewis Figo, did it in the 1990,000 season and the 2000, 2001 season, and also got nine assists in 2017-18, was none other than James Milner.
1: See, Figo doesn't sh- – I should have known that because I actually watched a Figo documentary on Netflix the other day. Oh, so yeah. So I should have actually got that one. But Milner, I mean, uh, I
0: mean Milner doesn't –
1: it doesn't like absolutely shock me, but it's yeah surprising actually.
0: Yeah, I know. Obviously, Firmino was there with seven. Um, sorry, was eight. Um, in the Champions League. Sorry, no, that's not right. He had um, yeah, eight eight assists in that season as well. So, yeah, I think it's just I I thought Milner was part of our team that got to the final. But even then, I would have if you told me the Liverpool player that year got the most assists, I would have told you it was even Trent or Robo or Mane or Salah. But Panny
1: Milner was the guy. Fair dues. Um, I mean, Wednesday, a night which saw two British clubs away from home and yet both conceded four goals. And the question is, Andy, why has Alexander Arnold, Virgil van Dijk, Joe Gomez and Andrew Robertson all suddenly morphed into Carl Jenkinson, <laughs> Johan Giroud, Sebastian Squillaci and Andre Santos.
0: I mean, you can go <laughs> further on. You could look at Fabinho was wasn't great in that game either. The only player that really played well was Luis Diaz. It was just, yeah. You could. I think that defending was shocking. That's the worst first half performance I've seen in a long time. I mean, look, I remember you saw Lovren against Spurs got taken off for half time, or even before half time against Spurs, we lost four 0 and I think Gomez. That's one of the worst. Individual performances I've seen ever for anyone who's, for our team, he was awful. It was the first goal fair enough wasn't his fault, but the second and third goal, I mean, oh god! I mean, they even he obviously gave I think um, you know he almost gave away a goal, but Van Dyke saved him with a goal like clearance, you know, and he was his fault for the for the two of the goals. So I, it was just a terrible performance. I'm hoping it's a one off, but then it's been the same all year. And you look at that one of the goals, I think it was the third goal where Trent just. I think Van Dyke as well just stay still, and then, and they're, they're just watching the ball being brought into the box. And It's just just seems to have, we seem to have lost that defensive shorty, and it just seemed to have. It's like watching us before we brought Van Dyke. It really is like watching us with that when you had Moreno, you know Moreno skirts on Sacco, and we had Lovren sometimes playing there. It's it's like watching them. It really was like watching, you know that 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 defense we had a few years ago. So it's really worrying actually the way it's been. Five of the last seven games in all comps, we've conceded the first goal. Um, yeah, it's not really that a good of a time. It's quite worrying, if I'm honest.
1: I was going to say, because that, that result didn't stun me. I mean, I didn't watch all of the game. I was sort of going backwards and forwards between games as well as uh, watching the goal show, which actually quickly, if obviously anybody who watches the Champions League on BT Sport yeah. They might get as frustrated as I do with some of the com- comment comment uh, commentary and the pundits on certain some of these matches. So I would thoroughly recommend to watch the goal show. Um just simply because there's no there's no bias, there's no agendas, they very, very knowledgeable football pundits and journalists, and obviously you get all the action, all there, all the games, and it's a fantastic show. For me, it's the best football show there is at the moment. So just a quick shortcut to there. But back to back to Liverpool. Obviously, the start of the season they've had has been poor by their standards, even in the Premier League. They haven't looked themselves in any match that I've I've seen, obviously, to get beaten by United in the way that they did, to almost get beaten of Fulham as well. I know Fulham have had a strong start, but it's very worrying. And even when there's chatter around... The fact that Liverpool could be dragged now into a top four fight. I mean, do you think that's without, you know, you know the rounds of possibility that that very well could be the case? Or do you think that they still, I say for no we're looking at the Premier League here, but.
0: Yeah, it just reminds me of what happened a couple of years ago when we had that really worrying cold injury and sort of a bad run of results. I will say though, that, that game against Napoli even though it was far too late in the day, we looked a much better team when Thiago came on the pitch. I think he, for me, is probably our most crucial player now because he sets a tempo in that midfield and field has been the biggest issue, not only in the game just gone, but the whole season, I think. So having him back brings me some sort of positiveness about the rest of the season, the fact that if he can stay fit, which is a big if because his record of injuries has been quite bad since he joined us, really. Um, so I think... Having him back and having people like Jota back and obviously Matip's now back with Canati, hopefully back soon. I think I think that since our Champions League group stage prospects, I, I still think we'll go through. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the Premier League, I, I saw Bakers get top four because even after that bad spell, we still managed to get our top third place in the end actually that year. So I think we'll be, be right in the end, but I think right now it's just been a, a poor start.
1: Yeah um obviously we have to give credit to, to Napoli, who played extremely well, obviously going for a very you know good run of form at the moment. And I'm glad a lot of people actually got to saw um, Kavara Tuscilia, who mm. played very, very well. Osimhen Hen was, was good as well. Uh, Zambo and midfield again played very well, and uh, obviously there was a lot of not chaos, but there was a lot of worry around Napoli at the start of the season, the fact that they lost Mertens, they lost Insignia, they lost Koulibaly, obviously the three biggest players and the way that they've been able to replace them and bring in such good players for, for little fees is brilliant transfer business and, you know, I'm glad that a lot of other fans who don't watch Serie A on a regular basis got to see some of these players in the, in action and in fine form as well, but for the rest of Liverpool's group stage, I think I think they're safe in the games against Rangers because Rangers are going for a very poor run of form at the moment, both in the league and obviously now in the Champions League. They were they were bad last night um, away in Ajax, and obviously watching Ajax at the weekend and seeing how well they're playing at the moment, they've uh, won every game so far in the Eredivisie, the and they're scoring goals for fun. Their their forward players, Bergwijn, uh, Bergwi even you know, Kudos. They've got they've got so many attacking players. I think that's a worry for Liverpool going to Ajax and obviously at Anfield as well because Liverpool play with such a, a high line, and the way Ajax play, I think Liverpool could be banging trouble in those games.
0: Yeah, and I'm very thankful that Anthony's left because watching him from Manu, you know, I think his speed and his trickery. I think now the caused us massive problems on that left hand side, but. I think it's a worry in terms of the whole group because this year because of the world cup the, the games are so much more congested we've got a game again next tuesday we play rangers twice in the space of a week and then game week five is you know that is on. not almost it's literally um a month and a half way so obviously the tournament's been done a lot quicker this year so i think yeah, we've got less time to sort of have to try and recoup ourselves and if we lose again to ajax on tuesday and I do think Rangers as well will be a tough game at Ibrox. No, I think that'll be a tough game there. I think they'll be well up for it. I think that is a worry if we lose those games again because, you know, we play Rangers at home and then away. So I think, you know, looking at if... Ranger, I think Rangers could get a draw at Ibrox and I think Ajax could easily get a win with our current form on Tuesday if that game goes ahead. Um, I think that's a set worrying thing. I think Europa League is a curse for any team playing in the league. And I, I, I just think that... You know, we have to start winning games soon because I know we've done it before where we lost our first three games, we come back and, you know, come out of the group and got through to knockouts, but it's not guaranteed. And I think that we've seen a lot of teams in the past, so, man, you get third place when no one expected it in 2011, 2012. We saw, we've seen um, Barca do it last year when no one expected it. So I think there are times where teams that you never expect to finish third or fourth do. And I think that is a worry if the result on Tuesday goes bad as well. And I think. Yeah, I think there's a worry. But I'm hoping that, you know, what we saw with Thiago back in the pitch, and I think with Jota getting match fitters, I'm hoping by the time Tuesday comes around, we'll be a lot more up for it, especially at home as well. Um, with that crowd, I do think I do back us to, you know, go and do something there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, it's almost a good thing for the for the Premier League clubs, especially now at the weekend, because I think it's almost certain that the games will not go ahead... This weekend, which obviously gives you know the Premier League clubs uh, more time to get those injured players back and a bit more time to rest, because as as we say, the schedule from now probably up until Christmas is you know it's, it's two games a week, pretty much every single week, uh, if not three games in every, you know, every nine days. So that's that's a tough ask, and we're going to see some very big shock results, I think up until the World Cup. And then I think it might calm down for the second half of the season. But in terms of the, the other games, obviously, on the Wednesday night, I thought Tottenham were very fortunate to get a two-nil win at home to Marseille. Marseille were the much better team in the first half, should have probably gone in one or two-nil up, didn't take their chances, obviously, at the beginning of the second half. Uh, they got a man red carded. It was a definite red card. And they were always sort of on the back foot, and they defended well, but ultimately, poor defending. Charleston got the first, and as soon as the first went in, you knew a second would follow. And uh, obviously, Tottenham, yeah, three points start their campaign off. Uh, sporting they put three past Frankfurt, obviously last year's Europa League winners. Good result for Sporting, who look back to their best in one of the big games, obviously of the of the night. Bayern against Inter. Bayern played so well. I was watching the highlights of that game and the goals from Sane. I mean, the second one was uh, technically an own goal, but the link-up play between him and Coman was was absolutely you know exceptional. And obviously, they're going to be a team again out to win at this uh, this season. Uh, elsewhere, Barca they put five past Victoria Pilsen. Uh, Lewandowski, I believe, got a hat-trick, yes he did I saw some of those goals, and even Ferran Torres' last goal to complete the win was its just superb, how he's watched the ball come down and volley it absolutely brilliant stuff from Barcelona and in a game as well, which is really weird we saw no goals up until the 90th minute, in which then we saw three Um Atletico Madrid, obviously, hosting Porto. Atletico took the lead in the 91st minute through Mario Hermoso. And then five minutes later, conceded for a penalty from Uribe. And then in the 101st minute, Antoine Griezmann head home. 2-1 win. Thank you very much, Atletico. Three points. And that was a mad game. And actually, an interesting thing from that game is, is Antoine Griezmann has come on. He hasn't started a game yet for Atletico this season. He's come on at the 60th minute mark pretty much every single game. And it's interesting. It was said on the goal show that it's because, obviously, he's currently on loan from Barcelona on his second year. And if he plays more than 45 minutes, I believe, in half of Atletico's games this season, it means Atletico have to then pay of the 40 million euros Wow, so,
0: okay.
1: So this is why they're bringing him on, and it's quite bizarre. But he's making an impact. He scored two goals, I believe, in La Liga, coming on as a sub, and now he's got another one in such a massive game as well. So, you know, fair play to him. But um, obviously that wraps up the, the Champions League results pretty much um, for the week. I I've, forgot I've Club Rouge, they got one They win at Leverkusen. But apart from that, I mean, in terms of the Europa League, uh, today. We've got a few results to obviously run through so far. Arsenal 1-2-1 away to FC Zerlick, Enketia uh, and Marquinhos getting the goals there. I watched the first half. We dominated them. 71% p- possession was the was the final result. So a comfortable win out in Switzerland for us. Uh, PSV, they drew 1-1 against Bodo Glimt. Uh Ren they got a 2-1 win away to Lan- Lanaka, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Fenerbahce, 2-1 winners at home to Dinamo Kiev. Real Betis continued their fine form as well this season. They got a 2-0 win away in Helsinki. Roma have got actually now back-to-back defeats. They lost 2-1 away to Ludogorets, Obviously, normally in the Champions League, actually, Ludogorets, um, And the final two games have already finished. Braga, 2-0 winners away to Malmo. And Union Berlin actually suffered a shock defeat at home to another Union... In terms of Union Giloso, Sinagelus, however you pronounce them. So they're the games in the Europa League that have already finished. Um, in terms of the games currently playing right now, you've got Manchester United at home to Real Sociedad, FC Sheriff are one-nil away up uh, away to Omani and Nicosia. Lazio are one-nil up against a Finoid, Sturmglatz are one-nil up against Micheland. Freiburg have 1-0 love against Cagabag. Jonathan are we really happy about that. And uh, there's not too much to say about the Europa League, really. Um, in terms of the Conference League, Fiorentina could only manage a 1-1 draw at home to RFS. Disappointing result for Laviola. Uh, Scottish outfit Hearts were beaten 4-0 at home by Istanbul Basikir. Anderlecht, they got a win. West Ham are currently playing. Vila Real won 4 3 at home to Lecce Poznan, 7 goal thriller in Spain, 3 3 between Partizan Belgrade and Slovakia. And uh, obviously, there's a whole host of other games going on in the Conference League at the moment. And the reason I've sped through that is because we only have a few more minutes left on our call to give our predictions. And in terms of the Europa League and the Champions League, we did give our predictions in the main podcast. But we'll go through him again quickly. Obviously, for the Champions League, I went with PSG. And Andy has gone with Manchester City. In terms of the Europa League, I'm fairly sure Andy went for Inter Milan. I did, yeah. Yeah, um, obviously to drop out of the Champions League. I went with my fellow Arsenal team. I just feel like we've got a very good chance. It seems like Mikel Arteta is going to take the competition very seriously this season. And i love to see it. I hope we do win it potential route into the Champions League and in terms of the Conference League now this is a hard one to actually call uh, you, I think the outstanding teams you can probably pick are the likes of Fiorentina West Ham Fiorel, and Nice who have started the season very badly but could very well t- turn it around uh, the likes of Schmeichel in goal Ramsey in midfield Frost Barkley in midfield Nicolas Pepe on the wing it's almost a team of Premier League rechecks at the moment um, and then obviously going through the rest of the teams I mean you don't know too much about some of them so it could be a very nice European Cup to win for for one, for one of those teams even the likes of Andelect or another um, team that's just completely gone but it could very well be a competition uh, even like I say Istanbul Basik, Basisha got a good team you know, the Turkish side, so, um, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say West Ham, just because hey. they're the standout team, I think, in that, in that competition. What about you, Andy?
0: Well, I think it was certainly made to their league campaign. They've got a manager who's won countless European trophies <laughs> at the non-Champions League level. I'm going to go for Villarreal. I think, they're, you know, they've won today, mm. they've made Champions League semi-final last year, Emery's won countless European Leagues, and I think they'll be the strongest team yet again in Europe, but this time in this tournament.
1: I think if they don't meet, we could very well see a West Ham VRL final. I'm not sure if any Europa League teams do drop out into the conference. Yeah, I'm game. not sure actually what happens that. I don't. I
0: I don't know actually what happens that. I will, I will, they do that because I know Leicester lost in the qualifier. Or Was it in the group stage and they got sent down to the conference league? I think so. They, it may. Maybe. Well be... Yeah, Yeah,
1: it very it may well work like that. We'll 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 look into and obviously update everybody on next week's show. But yeah, we could very well see a final. An interesting thing, quickly before we end, is that uh, Villarreal were actually giving away tickets for five euros for this game, which is a wonderful gesture by the Spanish outfit. So hopefully, other teams do take note. But that does wraps up for this week. It's been a very insightful episode. Me and Andy talking absolute nonsense for about 40 minutes but um (laughs) i enjoyed it and obviously from next week we should have more guests for you all to go through the free wafer club competitions but for this week this has been me and this has been andy thank you all for listening very much and as i say if you haven't checked out our latest video on youtube please do thank you all and we'll see you next week yeah see you next week